This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to helping you become a savvier marketing leader no matter your level. In each episode, we will dive into a relevant topic or challenge that marketing leaders are currently facing. We will also give you practical tools and applications that will help you put what you learn into practice today. And if you missed anything, don't worry. We put worksheets on our website that summarize the key points. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today is another Marketing Smarts Classic. Four roles client service should play in serving business with special guest Chris Wallen from Organic, which is formerly Barefoot. In this episode, we talk about the importance of this role in the agency landscape and how essential it is to find the right balance of keeping the client in the room at all times, while also not bending too much to the client's wills and desires. This helps to drive focus on the strategy of the work so that the client gets what they need, which we know can be very different than what they ask for. We brought this one back as a good reminder to all of our agency and client friends out there. And with that, let's jump in. All right, and as we often like to do, we have a special guest to join us in the discussion of this topic today, a friend of ours and a former coworker of mine, and that is Chris Wallen of Barefoot. And Chris, we would love if you would introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you. Hi, guys. It's great to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity to join the podcast episode today. I'm Chris Wallen, Director of Client Partnership at Barefoot in Cincinnati. Awesome. All right. And like I said, Chris, well, I didn't actually say this overtly. We both worked at lots of different agencies. So I think between that and Anne naysaying throughout this episode, we'll have a good discussion. You know, I, you could count on me for that. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's get into the four roles client service should play in serving business. And the first one is keeping the client in the room at all times. So in the intro, I referenced that bridge, right? So client service should play that bridge between the client and the agency. And this point is a direct result of that statement. The client cannot, nor should they ever, be physically in the room with the agency team at all times because this is counterproductive for everyone. That client has a day job outside of anything mm -hmm. they're doing with the agency and a whole host of responsibilities beyond that. So therefore, it is the role of the client service representative to be the client service representative in the room. And this really is a unique role because it ensures that the client voice is loud and clear, but it also is appropriate to the expected scope of the work and then in balance and consideration of that agency team. Can that be a tenuous balance? Does yes. this get to be a tricky role? Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> this is not just a what you say it's also very much in the finesse of how you say it and really what it comes down to is that client service team is responsible for translating what the client says to them into what does that mean for the work and then holding everyone accountable to the expectations that are set I will pause here for one second and say, remember the episode on the brief. If you don't, go and find that episode. We're not going to focus on that here, but this is really the crux of where we can hold everyone accountable. So really important that you can deliver a strong brief. And then also, it really comes down to whether the client service team has a strength in being able to sift through all the various conversations because they're on the front lines with that client, right? And bring back what is applicable in a clear, concise, and relevant way. Being choiceful is super clear. I always have this one creative director in my head who would say, April, 
what is the one thing? What is the one mm -hmm. thing that you need us to deliver on? And Chris knows who that person is as well. Um, and he would be so happy to hear his, his mantra still in my mind today. But really, it's about getting to that conciseness that allows everyone to be marching toward the same thing. And the client service team will know if they're doing their job when they get some pushback from creative and strategy on being too restrictive. That means they're probably putting the right parameters in place to get what the client is looking for out of this work when the client is not in the room. Chris, what do you think? I couldn't agree more. The role of keeper of relationship here is such a, a balance of it's art and science in a lot of ways. And it's a lot of what keeps me coming back to my role at various agencies in Cincinnati or or just even from a day-to-day -day standpoint because it truly makes every day different. Um, you mentioned it earlier, client keeping clients in the room. They'd love to be in the room, I think, more often than they are. They find their agency <laughs> meetings. They beg to differ. Oh <laughs> ideally, the number of meetings that I've been a part of that have been have been dubbed the best part of their day, right? The most creative exercise or the most um, strategic discussions, maybe from um, some of the more fun activities that they get to do, is is kind of an honor to represent in a lot of ways. But it's it's also quite a responsibility that other agency members don't really share the same burden, if you will, um, or expectation to to really manage that. Yeah, I. I agree with everything except for that the client actually wants to be in the room more often. Than this may be an and thing. We'll see. An and thing. But you know, I, I think the point is well taken though that it, it, it can be the creative exercises can be fun. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of people like to participate in those. And like I, I tell April and she rolls her eyes at me, it's like I didn't realize I was actually a creative till I actually left P and G. Yeah, I'm rolling my eyes again. You can't see me, but okay. Yes, Where yes. are we going? But I, that's the part of my the work that we do that I really, really enjoy. And so I can understand why people would be drawn to that. But I also really understand how tenuous it is and, and the discipline that needs to be put in place in order to be able to manage both sides of that and keep everybody happy because I've seen it skew both ways. Yep. And I think that people who do this role really, really well – had certain characteristics and I feel like this was thematic across the board, which is they had business savvy so they could really understand the business needs. Yes. They could think highly strategically. So it wasn't just about doing the work, it was what was the role and the impact of the work. They had a ton of integrity. Like you could always count on them to say what they were going to go do and do what they were gonna go, that they said that they were gonna go do. They were learners by nature. They were curious by nature. They wanted to understand how people ticked, how people, uh, what motivated people and how to put those things together in, in ways that like drove those relationships that you, you mentioned. And I think the most important part is that they actually like people. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's like a, a funny thing to say. Everybody's like, well, done. I was like, but I, I can't tell you how many people were put in this role of client services that actually, I don't think actually really even like people. So I would say, you know, as a first line of defense, I would think that your person that you're putting to face to your clients should probably be someone who actually likes people. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you bring up some really good points there, but I do think there's a profile of person. And having worked with Chris several different times in the past, I feel like if I had to choose between client service and strategy work, I pick the work. I like the work. I, and all the characteristics that you said here are spot on. And actually, I like, 
I like most people. Let's just leave it at that. That's a, that's a different episode. <laughs> Do most people like you, April? Not all the time. <laughs> um, but I think where the magic would happen, and part of the reason that I wanted Chris to be on this episode is because we had the same personality characteristics or personal brand characteristics and who we were. But it was very clear that I was chasing what was exactly right for the work in my mind. And Chris was always the one that was chasing what was right for the client and that relationship. Mm -hmm. And when we could find the crux of that together, that was where the beauty would happen in the work. I don't know, Chris, what do you think? Keep me honest. Yeah, I I think that that's fair. Um, And there's a certain balance between like expectations, I think, and follow through and delivery. And from a client service standpoint, having that having that be the focus like being driven by the right thing is always like the right thing to do having a counterpart or you know like collaborators on both sides that can be focusing on different areas of of the work to allow for success across across all of the work on behalf of your client like you said it takes client service to a whole new level when you talk about a team approach to it and having somebody that can be kind of out as that spearhead Totally agree. All right. And that brings us to our next point, which this one gets a little sticky, but we'll chat through it here. So number two for the four roles client service should play in serving business is challenging the client's beliefs and perspective. So we talk a ton about respectful debate on this show, and we would be remiss not to start here because challenging client beliefs and perspectives is definitely an art form. Chris has already talked about the art and the science of this mm-hmm. role. This The art comes into play in a really big way here because you have to do it in a really considered way. And you have to make sure that on the onset, you're able to have some vulnerable but respectful relationships conversations rather with the client because you have a relationship established with them. But with that said, and that is sort of the foundation, this is hugely important and you cannot shy away from this. And the reason I like what you just said, Chris, about kind of the higher level, that's what we're talking about here. So what the client provides, we've already said, has to be interpreted by client service and then distilled down to what the agency team needs to meet the objectives of the work successfully, right? The other aspect, though, is being able to push back on the client when the agency has a different point of view or ideas for what should be accomplished. We always say clients know more about their business than us as an agency or agency folks could Mm -hmm. ever dream of knowing. The agency, or the good ones at least, know a little about a lot of different things, and that complementary knowledge is what gets to the very best solutions because the clients in their business every day and us agency folks, and Chris, you said it, every day is different, right? So we see tons of different industries and tons of different trends and various degrees of clients, and so it's the idea of bringing that collective knowledge and those learnings into the conversation and then leveraging what the client knows about their business. And Chris and I actually had a client, and I referenced them all the time where we were sitting and we were presenting work to him at the local coffee emporium downtown and he was kind of like nodding along and whatever and he kind of looked up and he was like you know the beauty of this is that I know so much about my business 
but it's such a limited space, right? And I do hand motions and I don't know why I do this. I've referenced this before on the podcast. You can't see me, right? But he's saying like, I have an in-depth understanding about the ins and outs of my business, but I only know my business. Whereas you know a little bit about my business, but also a little bit about a lot of other things. And so he was seeing the value of the work in that moment because what we were bringing forward, they would have never gotten to on their own, but we were able to collectively get there because we learned enough, but we respected their business. We did debate with them on things. And we actually had to change course a couple of times from a client service perspective, you know, about who was in the room and were we there? Was he having to sell it in? There were all these nuances to the relationship. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, coming together and having that respectful debate with each other and what we were bringing to the table is what got to really good work. And I'll say one more thing and then I'll pass it on to Chris. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are some clients that don't like to be challenged. And at fourth rate people, we're in a position now where we just decline. Yeah. Because it's just not worth it at the end of the day because they don't want to be pushed back on. They want us to deliver whatever the thing is they want delivered at the end of the day. And we just say if we can't make it better than it currently is by bringing our branding and marketing expertise to the table, we're just not going to do it. Exactly. So over to you, Chris. Yeah, I think olden days or when client service is not really like operating at its best, you're starting to think about things like having a yes man or a, a paper passer, that kind of thing the art that you mentioned of client service, I think is really being able to sit, can be really found in this one and being able to sit with your clients, think critically and push back on behalf of not just your team who wants to do what they want to do, what they've set out to hopefully do, but also to really consider the client's goals and the outcome that like is right for them. Um, I talk a lot about with my teams connecting dots and ideally playing chess while others are playing checkers. So there is a balance, I think. There, there is a give and take, and there is a long to this, right? This is a relationship business or relations, you know, it's, it's people um, working together. So having that sort of long-term view and like goal for success for your client is number one, but also recognizing, like you said, that, that sometimes they don't have the answers. There is a reason they're coming to partner with you and with your team. Um, I also feel that it's it's crucial in a client service role to be able to recognize and understand when to tap others on your team for subject matter expertise. When do you fold? When do you go all in? Like to, to continue with that metaphor on something that is truly meaningful or different or or really feeling strongly about it being the right thing for them that they haven't gotten to yet on their own. Yeah, and I think that's really, really important. And I think it comes down to knowing your client and, and what motivates them. Like, it might come as a surprise, but I'd love to be challenged. I mean, I did. I mean, because I was always wanting to push the status quo. And if you could think about the brands I was working on, I mean. Until you didn't like what they were saying. Not necessarily. The only time I did teasing. not like what they were saying is when they I thought they were playing it too safe. Yeah. Right? And so when I get the same thing that I expected, I'm like, and that's where it gets to the point where it's like, if I could have done this, what do I need you for? Right? Exactly. And so it becomes like that kind of like that catch 22. Mm -hmm. And so it, 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 there's a constant demand for the agency to add value. And here's where I think an agency can add a ton of value is by thinking above and beyond what they're being asked to deliver. But I, what I used to see a lot was that they would just deliver what was asked because that was the path of least resistance 
in order to make the client happy, right? So I say, yes, make the client happy. You need to listen to the client. You need to give them what they want, but then also give them something that you feel would be of value that maybe they haven't thought about. Again, this might be something that you actually have to invest in. You may not get paid for it, but like, you have to think about what kind of relationship you want to have with your client. Is it going to be something that's like, all right, I'm in and out. I got, I gave you your thing, you know, now what's the next thing? Or is it be like, I need you because you're bringing value to my business that I can't deliver on my own. Yeah, I mean, I think that all of that is really true. And we've talked, we've used tenuous <laughs> balance throughout this mm -hmm. conversation. I think we're going to keep coming back to that probably. But I do think that, you know, jokes aside, Procter & Gamble is one of the most difficult clients to work on for a lot of agencies. True. And I think what you would see where clients or where agencies rather would start to look like they were phoning it in is because they felt like, well, there's a formula. We've tried. We've taken a run at it. It's never going to work. They're never going to buy it. And I understand that point of view. I think that's fair too. But I yeah. also, on the other side of that, however, I think that there can be fault on the agency for that as well. Because I think, to Chris's point about the olden days, which I chuckled at that expression, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> because we're not exactly 100, but anyway, um, <laughs> the idea of the olden days was that the role of client service, and this is what I meant at the beginning where it has evolved considerably and it has elevated considerably, is that if you had just a paper pusher on the side of the agency, then that's when you did get that work that just checked the box, but it never really inspired. And I think the key thing you said in that, in your commentary is, if I could have done this myself, what am I hiring you for? And I think that is the danger of what both of you talked about when we don't have an elevated client service experience. Agreed. Yeah, I would just also like to underscore relationship development along the way during this process is crucial for that, right? For talking about pushing back on client beliefs or, or challenges in general, having the ability to clearly communicate and kind of that um, that equity built up to say, like, we don't put our foot down very often or we don't, like, go this direction very often. We feel strongly and here's why. The less transactional that relationship has been in the past, the more likely you are to be able to have a productive an intentional conversation about about a different outcome and that can make all the difference in the world between in my experience between just a like yeah we we did exactly what you said or actually we completely disagree with it we interpreted the brief a different way and now we're in this like uncomfortable situation um and unwinding that is an even tougher thing that is probably for a different episode about tough conversations. And <laughs> we have one on we have one of those. Not that we can resetting have expectations and that sort of thing, but but expectation management and just and just truly building that relationship is, along the way through the work and through like human interaction is is crucial in this process. Yeah, I I think all of that is fantastic point. And I think what both of you said leads nicely to the next point, which is having a clear understanding of the business and its goals. So it doesn't come out of left field when it is brought up and you have the credibility as the client service person to be able to have those conversations and build a meaningful relationship. And then on the other side of that, if we are bringing work that's quote unquote out of left field, but it's grounded in something, then Anne and her team, I'm just gonna keep making her, her the client in the, in the okay. conversation, even if they don't go for it, they can respect how you got there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point of this point, right? So where I think it falls apart 
And what I think is an agency misstep that I actually still see happen is when the client service person does not have a strong understanding of the business and its goals. And they're working at an agency because they love the creative solutions. And so Mm -hmm. therefore, when these things come up and they're supposed to be the client representative in the room, they get too caught up in the excitement of the work and it becomes at the sacrifice of understanding the client's business or keeping those goals in the room. And so then when the work gets presented back, it's seen as tone deaf by the client and then the client service person doesn't have any footing to fight back because they haven't done the work to be able to have that strong understanding of the business goals because those goals should be the success criteria or evaluation criteria for any work i mean i'll mention the brief one more time here it's those things need to be outlined it's we can have a creative solution absolutely that is what we're being hired to do however if we're not going to be able to to use your words chris connect the dots and tell the client the narrative or the story of how we got from where we are to where we want to go based on those goals, then it's not even really worth presenting that work because then it becomes an objective conversation of I like this, I don't like this, or the client can't make it there with you because you're not giving them the foundation of of that storyline so that they clearly understand. And I have to say, I always think about it as kind of a three-pronged stool, and we, we started on this path a little bit before, Chris, but the very best teams I've worked on have highly strategic, business-minded individuals on the client service team, on the brand strategy team, mm-hmm. and on the creative design thinking team. And that magic happens when those three individuals have put in the work, have the savvy and the acumen, and to use your some of your criteria, the, the curiosity and the lifelong learning and the desire to mm-hmm. do the right thing, and all of that is working together. But they also understand their roles on the team and respect the roles of each other. And that's where I think you get to really outstanding work and where you can keep those relationships going and building on them because the client is delighted every time because what you come back is elevating on itself and connecting between other things you have done and it makes their lives easier and more fun like we were saying before because they're excited for those meetings because they know that what's going to come back is going to be something they couldn't have done on their own Mm -hmm. what do you think chris yeah, the thing you touched on there at the end, that true magic along alongside with, with the client allows you to really accelerate progress, right? Accelerate like what they set out to do faster than they probably were going to be able to do it on their own, whether it be organizational change that they're working against, a significant rebrand, a brand new market entry, you know, any any significant project and even little wins as well, stacking things up right to help make them look good um, on their side. The other thing that I noted it really allows for is anticipation. And when you can anticipate what the feedback is going to be, you can plan for it, right? You can prepare for what your next steps are. You can prepare for step two, three, four response. Should the client want to go down that path? And if not, you've been bettered by the preparation that you have there. Again, knowing your client and developing a relationship for how they're going to respond um, when's the right time to play the big card versus play it more conservatively, perhaps. But having that head start allows for a different level, I think, of comfort on both sides of the table and a different level of transparency in your conversation. And that's really what 
helps drive the work forward, I think, day to day between clients and agencies. Yeah, and I'll just build on that by saying I think it's so super critical to establish a culture of psychological safety for feedback. This is your buzzword lately. It is because phrase. I just read Adam Grant's book. Yeah. Again. <laughs> but I think it's real. I, I, I think a reason why I keep using it is because I find it such a struggle in so many situations where if this was there, it would make things go so much easier fair. and produce so much like better progress to use uh, Chris's words. I mean, the thing is, is, and I lived this uh, many, many, many times where the agency would be like, we just want direct feedback. Just give it to us how it is. Don't put it in the SHIT sandwich. Don't like hide sandwich. it. <laughs> Don't like, you know, um, tell us you like the work, but then, you know, and leave all these options open and let's work these options, but you actually didn't really like it. But then when you were direct and you were told them, uh, this didn't meet my expectations. I don't, I mean, the work isn't good enough. You would get this whole emotional dynamic going on, which usually meant, and I'm not saying this is all agencies, but it happened on more than one occasion on different agencies where that would travel up and it would come back down and to be like, you're not facilitating collaboration. I'm like, what do you mean? I gave feedback. Isn't it my business? Aren't they working for me? And so I think from my standpoint or from a client standpoint, when I was at PNG, I, it was really important to be able to provide that direct feedback because that is the way that you get to the result quicker that works for everybody and makes everybody successful. Now, the feedback has to be given in a respectful way. But then on the agency side, I think it's really, really important that they feel like they can give feedback too. I mean, so that you, they can tell you, listen, um, you now told us and, and told us to go back five times, five times, and you're still not happy. What is it? <laughs> you know, yeah. what is What are we missing? Instead of having to dance around and go back and waste your time about trying to find another rock. That was just a, one of my colleagues said that's like, no, go find us a rock. Well, no, 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 not that rock, a different rock, you know, and you, but you still have no idea what the heck the rock is because it's such an <laughs> obscure thing, right? So it's kind of like the, I know it, I'll know it when I see it. I know it, I see it. Yeah, that's my, uh, that was the other favorite one, right? Or like, mm -hmm. well, we were really expecting a lot of creativity in, in this and we just weren't getting it. It's like, well, we gave you creativity, but now you don't want to buy it because it doesn't like meet these other goals, right? So what is the priority here? So I think if you could establish that level of psychological safety, you can have the more honest conversations that allow you to progress the work in a much more productive way that's best on both sides. And that doesn't, not at the detriment of the relationship by any stretch. I mean, I think it could be done in a very respectful way if you have that respect established, which I think is the core of the relationship that you need to build. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, I joke because I've heard you say psychological safety. I have, like I've said it a lot a lately. A dozen it times. It is my thing right now. So yeah, so it is your thing. But I mean, I think the the idea of it is exactly right. And, you know, we engaged Chris recently for some feedback on some things we were working on because, again, have the client service person around to look mm -hmm. at what's going on, right? And he got to see how the sausage was made between the two of us. And the reaction was kind of like, uh, holy cow. First of all, I can see the value of the partnership, right? But I think mm -hmm. what you just articulated is we are so direct with each other in the feedback on the work. We've reached the point of what you're you're making the point of here, right? Because on both you can sides, say psychological safety, it's okay. The, <laughs> no, I'm not saying it again. On both sides, the relationship is so respectful, and we know that we're just trying to get to the best work. 
And when we first started as operating as, as quick as we can, and that's where we make our margins. We're small, we're nimble, you know, but we are bringing our brains and our experience to the table in the most objective way possible, knowing that we're aligned on what is best for the client. So, I mean, you know, Chris got to see some of our back and forth and I'll let you comment on this, but my takeaway from your commentary to me was kind of like, wow, that was awfully direct, but I see how it works. But <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I'll let you talk. But the point is, you know, when you can get there, you really do, you get there faster and it's so much better. Yeah, uh, you guys do get, they're faster and better and the faster thing is real like getting to see how that sausage was made um you cut through a lot of that swirl which inadvertently is on behalf of your clients right which is, at the end of the day helps progress their goals and objectives even more so um something that you guys are also talking about maybe just think client service can really elevate this process right by having a clear understanding of the business and their goals Client service doesn't have to just sit at their desk and wait until an email pops in, right? Or wait until their phone rings. There are things that they can be doing that that we are doing that may go unseen largely while the team is doing the work on behalf of the client and on behalf of the team. You can be out there engaging your client about what's new, different, changing, right? To help continue and form the work. Resting your laurels on when and where and how the project was briefed and expecting that nothing is happening, moving, shifting, changing or before you get to a client review is, is foolish, silly and unnecessary. Treating them like a human and like they sat in a meeting that talked about their latest forecast or their latest goals that are or are not being hit can really impact some of the ideas that you're putting forward um, as an agency or, or as a, you know, just to solve their, their challenge. Developing that relationship and understanding what their business is going through, what their goals are as a team, as an organization, can only further that work together at the same time. Um, so it is an always on sort of function in that way as well. I think that is amazingly well said. And um, you're doing our job for us here because it marries quite well to the fourth point, which is seeking opportunities to make the business stronger. And I love what you said about the always on. And I think that that is where client service done right can pay for their themselves in spades, right? Because I think we still in the agency world are working against the paper pusher, the project manager, the I'll facilitate the meetings and bring the agendas and the bagels and whatever. I think that role was that and sometimes it was the agency and sometimes it was the moment in time. But I think the always on aspect allows the client service team to meaningfully participate on both sides and be perceived to be highly, highly capable and savvy. And also, I think it when it's done through this lens of this point about making the business stronger, it's bringing all the pieces together in the most meaningful way. And so I think you're exactly right. I mean, Part of what we were always fighting against, and I know Ian has a perspective on this too, was getting all the knowledge we needed to do the work. Mm -hmm. And so asking for a seat at the table, right? But even if you're just allowed to be on the shareholder phone calls or whatever, and you're listening in, 
you should always absolutely be thinking about how am I going to take what I'm hearing here through the lens I hear it as the representative on the agency side and bringing that forward or bringing that back or, you know, bringing that to my team so they understand, like you said, the shift that has happened. You know, our clients can be super stressed out because they're down X points or the market has done whatever or, you know, I heard that this brand's going to be under fire. So we know there's going to be some tension. And then on the other side, going back to the client and saying, I heard X, Y, and Z, and we're concerned. And so therefore, we've proactively done some digging based on our expertise to bring something back to you. And I think that idea of being that liaison and also bringing back to the client things that they wouldn't think about not that are like so pie in the sky and insane that they're like, are you on crack? How many drinks did you have when you brought this back to us, right? Or thought this was great. But really through that lens of being able to see the business where it is, keep track of where it is and where it's going and what those needs really look like. And Chris, I know you and I, had a partnership on a, a local financial company for several years when we were at the last agency. And that relationship, quite frankly, before we got there was in danger of being lost. And what we were able to do and to build in partnership with the client to me was the very best of understanding. And I'll use your card analogy of, you know, when to go all in and when to pull back and when to tutor both the client and our teams on why it was the right time or it was not the right time. And when I think about where that client was when I got there in the work we were doing and where it was when we left, I mean, we were doing installations in the building and it's a super conservative company, right? To hang things from their ceiling before we built that trust. And it seems like a silly thing, right? But it extended the campaign. It got people excited. It built savvy and swagger. It got visibility for that team. It showed that they were doing new things, improving their worth in the organization, all the things that we're talking about here. And, you know, maybe we didn't always get the credit, right? Maybe it wasn't like, oh, hey, Chris and April and team brought this forward for us, but it wasn't about that because we were doing the right thing for the business and doing it in a way that the business and the team was able to come along and feel comfortable while also being willing to be pushed where needed. You talked about it earlier also, this idea of um, clients really knowing their business really, really, really well, right? And the expectation is you understand my business also they're in it in a different way than their agency partners are. At the end of the day, you can get very close. You can read all of the things. You can have the conversations. You can do the customer research, the stakeholder interviews, all of that. Your clients will always know the ins and the outs of their organization at a different level. However, that means they don't have time for something else, right? And finding what those things are and then connecting them, not in a just like, hey, we're selling widgets today, which one do you wanna buy? But figuring out which one probably is pre-fit and makes the most sense and why is something that can allow, I think, agency teams to feel really confident in what they're doing or to, to explore breakthrough ideas, but also clients to feel, be included and feel really successful about where they can go. There's also this kind of like give and take dynamic to a relationship where the clients can lead and follow. I think you guys talk quite a bit about it um, at Forthright in terms of bringing their teams along, training their teams and their people, helping them understand 
why you're doing what you're doing, choices that are being made, and where it can go, implications, all of that, it translates to them, I think, in a very, and, and you should confirm or deny this maybe, but it translates to them that like you do care about it and you are worthy and able to be trusted in a different way, not just as a delivery mechanism for like what the brief said, or um, not just in a like, yeah, you're going to do exactly the, the steps one through three, just the way we talked about, but in a way that like the outcome is in my best interest, my team's best interest and my company or brand's best interest. I love what you just said. And I think it first starts with psychological safety. Oh I'm my kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I People should resist. be starting a drinking game. Yeah, now. they should. I'm keeping a tally. On keeping the side. a tally because yeah, it'll definitely benefit you later. Um, so no, I, 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 in all seriousness, I love what you just said. And, and yes, I totally agree. And it goes back to what I was saying in the intro is like when it works really well, you see your client service team as an extension of yourself, yep. right? They become a trusted advisor. They become the person who can see around corners or become the person who could be more proactive because you're in it every day. And a lot of times when you're in it every day, it's really hard to come out of the weeds and see the forest through the trees. So you have somebody that's kind of being that extra eyes and ears and, and brain that you just don't have time to be, or maybe that's not where your focus is. And then that very moment. So when they add capacity, they're adding capacity in a meaningful way, in a way that's going to be able to provide a complete purview of your business and, and help your business. Now I'll give a couple caveats to that. One is can't help yourself. Well, no, I'm really, I think when I say this, you're going to agree. So I always do. That's why I have to get my dig in before we yeah, even go there. That's totally fair. <laughs> So I'll say two things, two caveats. One is, is that when you're bringing these proactive, you call them like pie in the sky, but like, mm. call it like, you know, a trend report, or here's, here's how we're seeing around corners, or, or what's going on in the market, or what's going on in your industry, or what your competition is doing. You need to make it actionable yes. for your client. Totally fair. This is the biggest issue I always have is like, it wasn't in the thinking. It, I mean, personally, I really appreciate the thinking. Like I said, I love to be challenged. I love to have that perspective. I just didn't know what to go do with it yeah. at that point. And at that point, it became a proposal. Well, we'll go think about it more if you give us money to go think about it more. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do with that. Like, I, I don't even know how to go scope that. I don't have budget for that. So it became kind of like a holding, you know, holding the knowledge hostage until we kind of <laughs> quote unquote got more money kind of thing. And so that's the thing that I would just be very, very careful of. If you're going to play that role, I'm not saying you need to do all of the work and you need to invest all your time and all your agency resources and flushing the whole thing out and giving them it in like a little bow, but you have to give enough that says, here's how we would action it. This is what we would go do with it. And this is how it connects back to your business. And this is what we think the impact could be. And here's kind of like what we think the work might kind of look like. So give enough for your client to be able to say, oh, got it. I see what we could potentially do. And sometimes it's new work and sometimes it's just shifting to current work. Yeah. Or, or, or like, you know, if, if, especially like you were talking about maybe a social strategy. It's just like, well, we were kind of doing these pillars, but now based on this, you might want to do these pillars. It's, it's a shift. So make sure your recommendations are actionable to the extent that your client can actually take action because they don't have enough time to figure that out for themselves. And I'll say the other thing is like, I like what you said about the fact of your agency partners kind of being in the know. And I think it's really important that you give them some level of access so they can be in the know, whether it's on a stakeholder call or whether it's in some sort of weekly meeting that you have with them. 
the thing that I started get really um, I saw this coming irritated by is then when my agency would start charging me for that opportunity, right? There is some level of expectation that is like, okay, if we're gonna have a weekly call or set up a biweekly call, I expect that to be part of the fee. Sure, that's part of doing the work. If you want to be more in the know, that is your proactivity in that you should be investing in order to be a better partner. Just like on the client side, even though it doesn't seem necessarily like that all the time, I'm investing additional time, energy to pre-work a lot of things that are going on, or you're going to share getting alignment, getting ambassadorship for what's going on before you share in order to make the work actually be more conducive to if there's any kind of conflicts or any kind of like hesitation I might, you know, people's hot buttons, systems, people's hot buttons. So doing a lot of pre-work. So there's a level of investment on both sides that I think needs to happen in order for this piece to work. I also do caution that the agency needs to also manage how much they actually need to be involved because there is a element where it's just like, you know what, maybe I don't need to be involved that much. Like knowing too much is almost as dangerous as knowing too little. So you need to balance that. So, all right, I'm done. No, I mean, I think that's all fair. Like I said, I have to get my dig in first. Um, I could call that being on your Tide box a little bit there. but It's my um... Tide box. You have to pick a different box. Plenty <laughs> of soap to pick from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but not a big competitor. You have to pick a different kind of soap. Aww. Okay. Anyway, but no, I mean, I, I think that that is really fair. And, you know, we've talked a lot about when to invest. I mean, one thing I will say is it's tricky because depending on how the agency is run at the top sort of sometimes dictates what level of investment you can give or or do. I mean, I was a big ask for forgiveness, not permission, mm -hmm. because I felt like if I came back and showed the results instead of asking for something that maybe they didn't totally have their head around, that was not a good approach. Um, but the other thing I was thinking as both of you were talking was this idea of as an extension of the team, the agency is still a vendor. And I know that that is a word that we don't like on the agency side, but my point of saying that is we're supposed to be making our clients' lives easier. And Chris, I appreciate what you said about fourth rate people and the way that we operate because a lot of what we've built on our side is very much with that front and center. And it's not only this is the most fun they have in the day or this is, you know, a, a creative exercise or those types of things, but it struck a chord with me when you said, you know, we're really about helping them understand not only what we're presenting, but what it can mean for them. And then also, and like you said, what to go and do with it. All of that is so important. And I think that there has to be a little bit of grace allowed on both sides. And if you have the relationship, I think it does exist of I'll go to bat for you agency on this side. And, you know, client will go to bat and we'll invest here. And I also think if you can have those transparent conversations along the way, then you stop getting into those situations where it's like, I'm going to bring you this thinking, but I'm not going to tell you what to do with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the opposite of what we're talking about with psychological safety or really strong right. relationships. <laughs> I was almost forgetting what the, what the term of the day was, but thank you for bringing that back. Um, there <laughs> is There is something here that you're talking about, though. You're talking about increasing, enhancing how meaningful this experience, this work can be, right? And and the engagement of like two teams working together, that takes a lot of transparent conversation, that takes a lot of consideration and being intentional with actions, scoping, 
behaviors, like delivery, all of that, it all works in concert. And it takes a lot of that discomfort, I think, off the table when you're really humming and you nail that other side of it with clients. It it, it does make it, I, I had jotted down right before you said it, and um, being an extension of our team, if I had a dime for every time I heard that, would be, I'd have several dimes. If I had... <laughs> several many dimes if i had a hundred dollars for every time it was truly followed through on i would have maybe a couple hundred dollars you know i would just yeah i think that's fair there's a walk the walk on both sides of this thing that makes um for just a different level of of engagement and it is less about dollars and deliverable and more about roadmaps towards a vision of success or you know like solutions to really change or impact an organization i think that's extremely well said mm -hmm. all right so just to recap four roles client service should play in serving your business one keeping the client in the room at all times the client service team represents the client when they are not present and ensures that they have a voice when the agency is working on things internally Number two, challenging the client's beliefs and perspective. Respectfully, of course, this is where we get at respectful debate, but this allows the agency to bring what they do best to the table to meet the client expertise and depth of knowledge of their business. Number three, having a clear understanding of the business and its goals. The client is the expert in their business, but that does not excuse the client service team from having a strong understanding to inform the work and the recommendations. And finally, number four, seeking opportunities to make the business stronger. The client service team should be able to make relevant recommendations on ways to creatively improve the business and bring new thinking to the table. We would like to invite you to join Forthright Women, the cohort. This community is for females who are ambitious in their careers but want an equally fulfilling personal life. It can be quite a dilemma between what society tells us we should do and what we feel called to do. Sometimes it's even hard to distinguish between the two. This group is all about uncovering what may be holding us back, getting the tools, inspiration, and support we need to shift our perspective, and getting on the road to our visions. For more information and to join the group, check out forthright-women.com. And in our next segment, which is in the trenches, this is where we give real world examples specific to industries and situations, but with broad application. So any of you listening can digest and put them into action. Number one, we're currently having some issues with client service leaning too much into what the client wants and it's getting in the way of the work. We've talked about this a little bit already or maybe a lot. What do you suggest? So first, we just want to make sure that this is actually the case versus the creative or strategy teams pushing back for the sake of wanting to do super creative work. And I say mm -hmm. that in quotes. <laughs> Remember, again, third time I'm going to say the brief and everyone aligning to the brief. Drink. Yeah, I guess that's a secondary drink. Maybe it's shots versus sips. I don't know. Yeah. Um, if you believe that this is not the case, that there actually is an issue, then I would guess that the role of client service needs to be clarified. And this means that they under, understand that while their role is to keep the client in the room, it is not to be an order taker. We've talked about that on this mm -hmm. episode and do just whatever the client wants. And this is why we bring it back to knowing the business and then mastering the art of pushing back or debating where appropriate. It can be super tricky, especially when you have a highly opinionated client on one side or one that's not super sophisticated on the other side and both present unique problems. So 
on the opinionated side, and Ann already said this, if you're doing safe work, what do I need you for? You got to be able to remind the client that they hired the agency for a reason, number one, and that because of that reason, the agency has to be able to do their job to the conversation and commentary we just gave on that last point, right? Otherwise, it's not worth hiring us or paying us. Now, that can be a very tricky thing. At Fourth Rate People, we do say things like that mm -hmm. at all agencies, and especially if you're on a client service team in an agency owned by someone else, just be careful on how that comes out, right? But what you're trying to counteract is strong clients are tough. They are really, really hard. And when they get aggressive or even, you know, strong in their language i'm trying to be politically correct here it can be really hard because you are a vendor like i said to push back and especially if you're working for someone else mm -hmm. but they've got to be reminded that they're paying you money to do your job and they're paying you good money to do your job so in some cases they do need to back off and let the client service person manage that on the lack of sophistication side this requires the agency to do some education and help the client get comfortable with the work and what it should entail and what it will mean for them. You can't allow them to be too safe because every time I have seen that happen, the agency ends up shooting themselves in the foot because guess what? When said client is given that feedback by their organization, who do you think they're going to blame for that if they're in self-preservation mode? You, right? And so this is where that education becomes really important. And Anna and I have been through a lot of this lately and actually to the positive side where the clients have come and said, we don't know how to do this. Can you help us? Which means we're finding mm -hmm. our right matches, right? But it is wanting to understand and taking the consultation and the education and understanding what needs to happen because in a lot of these cases people are on marketing teams and they've never had marketing experience mm -hmm. they've like happened into a role or they proactively said i want to do this but there's no one helping them along and helping them understand what that means and same on the brand side i mean i remember working with proctor it was you know they cut out a layer of folks and so then the brand new ABMs would have no one to look to for like three levels. And do you think that person that just lost some of their support is going to spend their, all their time with the ABM? No. So I remember one in particular, and I feel like now we're talking about drinking this whole episode, but we would have him for happy hour on Fridays when we were at Interbrand and, and help him through so that he would understand what his role entailed and how he could help us and how we could help him. So anyway, lots of commentary there. And Chris, I'll, I'll turn it over to you for your perspective on this one. Yeah, I think there's a certain level of agency teams knowing themselves first, right? Really knowing what they're bringing to the table and who. Like a lot of times we're finding ourselves mapping our client service people to clients and ideally doing that with intention of how that fit's going to work, right? Personality types or type of work, right? Is it very executional? Is it very strategic? Is it is it very innovative? Who's the got the right communication style? To me, it, it, a lot of it goes back to like learning your client, taking the time, not your client's business, but that human being, how they tick, how they operate, how they like to receive communication, how they're using their channels. You know, like uh, we talk a lot about like, are you on a text relationship with your clients? If you are, yep. like that might be really meaningful. If your clients are texting you during a meeting, like because you are, you know, in a Zoom meeting or, you know, not in person, that's either a really good thing or a really bad thing, depending on what they're delivering yeah, to you, 100%. right? <laughs> However, you have arrived to a place where they feel comfortable 
sharing information with you live time in a way that is like one-to-one and you have carved out a space for that getting to the other end to the other side of the spectrum getting agency teams comfortable with the fact that this is your leader this is your representative and your representation to build your reputation is something that everyone can help with and being considerate of that approach how do we build in quick wins along the way to start to get people comfortable with progress that's being made versus you said it earlier like the black box of how the work is done and we'll we'll go off in the room and we won't really tell you and we'll come back and present it and it'll just be done it doesn't have to be that way anymore and i think where where it's done really really well back to that uh, meaningful component on both sides it changes what the outcomes can be in a really positive way there are tough clients you mentioned it and like it's, it's for sure they tick too in a certain way and really like spending some time to unlock that not just like grin and bear it is something that also matters right like it they can be your biggest advocates if you can crack them they might be tough nuts to crack and there's a reason for that they've arrived or they've achieved what they've achieved for a reason and um spending spending the time and the attention like we were talking about earlier of investment outside of the work itself to bring tangible new thinking that maybe you're not scoped for or that maybe will relate to something to them on a more personal note. Really finding those connection points, I think can help in this area. Yeah, all that I, I definitely can agree with. And I, I sympathize with the position that the client service person is in because it's like two different dances on both sides. I mean, you like <laughs> yep. have to tango with the, you know, your, your client and you're like sambaing with your creative or your, you know, strategy team. I mean, they're both Latin dances, but they're very different, you know, in the way that you have to execute them. And so you have to be almost an expert in dancing on both sides. So I find when one side's feeling like they're not being served, a big question I would ask is why do you feel that way? Right? Mm -hmm. What is it about the way that the client service person is behaving that is not jiving with what your expectations are. And usually what we see is it's a breakdown in a communication piece. It's yeah. like the agency side down in the in the trenches, if you will, doesn't understand you know, what's going on, the motivations, the, the business goals, what their client is like, you know, all those things that you just mentioned that could be at play. They just don't get it or they don't understand. So what I have seen client service people do is like, you know what? Why don't you join me in a meeting? Uh huh. Why don't you see what it's like? And that all brings a whole new level of understanding. And I'm not sure, I'm not saying that that solves every single problem, mm -hmm. but I do sympathize with the fact that it can be very hard on either side because I've said the same thing to my client service person. I'm like, I feel like you're just serving your, the work you want to go do. I don't feel like you're serving our business. Right. And, and if you have to choose, you have to serve the client. Yes. Because that's it's called client paid. service. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's a level of understanding. And I think that's what you, what you said in the very beginning, Chris, is like you need to know what kind of agency you are. But you also have to build in some of that level of principle based, basically behavior mm -hmm. that this is how our client service group is going to act and behave. If you have questions, let us know, but don't assume that what you are seeing is your is the like appropriate reality i guess is what i'm saying i yes i think all of that is true all right number two in the trenches we're having internal struggles with creative strategy and client service working together it feels like the client service team's perspective is being minimized what do you suggest go back and listen to this whole episode a second time 
<laughs> but really, join me in that client meeting. But likely, I mean, we've talked about the historical baggage with this role. We've also talked about where it falls apart and how diligent you have to be and how consistent and how on top of it the client service person needs to be. And then Anne made the really good point about serving two masters or doing dances that I don't even, I can't repeat that no, part. I like my analogies. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, I would guess that there needs to be an internal reorientation. So this is where I talked before about the magic happens when these three roles understand what their roles are and the impact that they can have. And then as part of that, they stay in their lanes, but they also play together nicely. So again, that three-legged stool analogy. And I would also say this is a common problem, so don't freak out. Creative and strategy owns the execution of the work. You know, I said in the beginning that Chris and I found a really nice cadence in the way that we were striving to do the best and right work for the client, but I was the work lane and he was the client service lane, right? That's what we're talking about here. And where I think it becomes imbalanced is because creative and strategy are doing the doing of the work, sometimes the power shift makes them think that like, well, we're the ones producing, client services and producing, so therefore we should have the say. When finding that balance is actually what is more important. And this takes practice, it takes communication to Anne's point, that's usually where the breakdown is. It takes over communication until you get things back on track. And it, it necessitates tough conversations because that value isn't reached easily and if anybody at any given point in time on those teams feels like they're in the driver's seat alone and they're in charge, that's where we start to see issues here. Yeah, spoiler alert, we're talking about relationship development and some of the earlier topics and relationship <laughs> development internally is crucial also, right, for these agency teams to find that magic. Show me one relationship that wakes up in the morning and like comes together and just boom, it's there, right? That's <laughs> maybe in the movies and like hardly even then. Spending some time getting to know your peers, what makes them tick, and how you guys work together works. And we haven't talked too, too much about it because we are we have spent some time talking about kind of the staying in your lane piece. Finding a way to add value before it gets to your client builds credibility. It builds opportunity. It builds reputation and like... I don't know, expectations that your teams can count on you in a different way. There, There is a difference between saying like, let me know when it's done and rolling up your sleeves and getting into it. And when I started in this business, it was far more like, well, the deliverable is, is due by the end of the day today. And you guys are telling me you need all night. So I'll be here all night. I'll order you a dinner team and we'll get it out the door. I'll be the one to press send. And yes, there are components of that that still exist, right? Like that's the the team mentality that's the like whatever you're going through i can't do this work with you but i can sit with you i can empathize and that means something i think to team members but also helping improve what they're doing building upon like simple yes and sorts of exercises to further what everyone's doing shows that you're invested in a different way and quite honestly allows you to help share that back with the client in a different way, right? Where you're invested in it, you're not scripted at that point. Like you've been through the, we tried it on, it didn't work and here's why we're not presenting it. Or we've been we've been down this other path and this is where this could really go. To think that it's something that you can do just by emails and phone calls in this role is, is not the nature of, of what really happens. It truly is and every day is different in that way. I was joking with somebody recently that even working from home, 
when I wake up in the morning and get ready for work, I have to put on a pair of shoes and I have to tie them because like, it just like locks me in, in a different way. I can't walk around my house in slippers. If I'm working from home, I have to be ready to run. I have to be ready to change direction, be ready to help, whether that is my client calling with new or different challenge or my team calling and saying, we're running out of time. We're running into this challenge, like creative problem solving. And I don't mean it in a creative deliverable, but just problem solving in a critical thinking way is not something that has to be reserved solely for strategy, right? It's not something that has to be reserved solely for the folks doing the work, but having the ability to like recognize when you can pitch in and help and then actually delivering on that, like following through on it, it builds credibility, like I said earlier. Yeah, and I'll extrapolate this to any team where you're finding that the dynamic between critical team members isn't quite working. And usually it's one of three things that we've seen is either somebody doesn't feel like they're being heard, they don't feel like they're being understood, or they don't feel like they're being valued. So it's usually one of those three things that are going on. So if you're having that kind of a relationship breakdown, spend some time trying to investigate what that is. There's also the other overarching part is who is the decision maker at the end of the day? And making sure somebody is making a decision to go. And you have to understand that too, because you may not like the decision that's being made, but you need to at least respect it that the decision has been made and you need to get on board. Yeah, I I think- We talk a lot about that with our teams. I don't have to have the first word. I don't necessarily even have to have the last word, but I am definitely crucial in the tie break, right? For for what's going to be for the case that's being made and where we think where we think we should go right you're you're taking in as much information as you can to make the best decision possible with the information that is available to then go not go like you said and i think that's a great point yeah yeah i think yeah all right our third and final in the trenches we have tried everything to get the client to step back and let us do the work but they continue to push the client service team to just do what they're asking help. And Chris, I'm just going to turn this over to you as the final one and we'll, we'll chime in as applicable. This is your everyday. (laughs) This is, this is the everyday. This, this is the art and the science, right? This is building cases for things that can be as objective as possible, right? It's the art part that generally comes in, I find to be the, the bit more challenging part. And having spent the time to develop a relationship with your client ahead of this point mm-hmm. is very good point. Is what is necessary to actually make that work it's incumbent for the client service person to really have the business objective we haven't talked about it a lot today but the business objective of their team and their agency in mind as well right do we expect this to be a quick turn and burn kind of relationship where we're just making that thing and we're done we're on to the next thing or is this something that we see growth potential interest opportunity with because how we're playing that situation, those those components all matter in making that decision and that choice. I think it's a lot also about tapping the right folks on, on the agency team side to help develop what your response can be. Coming up, I started on, a, on the strategy side of things, seeing how the work got done and how the work works and worked. Wanting to be able to translate that meaningfully and sit with clients about how it what that means for them and like how it fits for their challenges um, was something that really I sparked to pretty quickly and, and made a transition into a client service role. Having an understanding of where they're coming from 
it's almost like if you've gotten to that point, you've missed some opportunities along the way, I think. I would expect those kinds of conversations to happen early in a relationship or, or in a project and an engagement. And that's where I think you look for opportunities to find quick wins for things to point to, where you can say, yeah, I think, how can we reorient this a bit differently to get you what you're looking for and still offer us some flexibility to explore having a good understanding of the vision of where that person wants to go and like where they can go. And you mentioned earlier, like the, so what, kind of like what does this mean for me versus just saying like yeah but we could do great thinking on this if you just let us like sometimes you got to do it and like having a gut instinct to say guys now's the time to do it how fast can we do it how quickly can we get to a certain level of finish to be able to show why we should have a little more time a little more opportunity a little more money maybe to go flesh this out Right. How can we pressure test this in a little bit? Right. Test and learns don't just have to be in the marketplace. Testing and learning can be with your clients. Mm -hmm. Finding the way that they receive. Yeah. Finding the way that they receive information and respond to things is crucial. But like you're only guessing until you're actually trying and putting something out there to say, oh, that didn't work. Like failure is okay. Failure is generally not anything more than like, no, thank you please just deliver on the brief. I don't feel like you guys are delivering on the brief, right? It's, um, I had a really great piece of advice in one of my first agency jobs that was, we are not doing heart surgery here every day. We are not saving lives. <laughs> like if we can start and finish with that in mind, every meeting, right? No matter what the feedback, no matter what the project, like let's keep that in mind and like take a deep breath and how do we be productive? How do we get that person what they are looking for? And also, if it's self-serving, get what we're looking for. Or how do we get them to see more, that there is more, that there is other, or there is different? Sometimes it's introducing to a new person on the team. You've talked about the relationships that we had in the past. Knowing who to deliver what message is also a very important component, right? When I started in client service, I never wanted to be the note taker only and the budget keeper i wanted to be in the sandbox like i wanted to be a valuable like person to be able to contribute and play in those conversations not the like go away for a minute budget guy we want to talk to the creatives sort of thing but sometimes the creatives are the right ones to deliver the message because like they're cool they're cutting edge they're innovative they're outside the box thinking right and sometimes the clients just like want to cut it loose with those guys <laughs> it's our job to recognize like shut your mouth step back <laughs> put somebody else up here right it's a bit like coach mentality in that case right where like how can i get my players in the right place and running the right plays at the right time to be successful i am not doing it though i am like helping orchestrate that you know, you just said the word orchestrate, and that was exactly what I was going to say when you were finished, because you are figuring out the right message and then the tone by which that message is delivered and who is giving that message. And I think that that is so huge. And I also want to go back to another thing you said, which is, I mean, we have so many analogies on this episode, I can't even keep track, but cracking the nut, right? And some some nuts are just really hard to crack. And when especially in the last job where we worked together, where we had a team that really hummed along and everyone was like, how did that happen and how do I get that? Your point about 
you, it should never reach this point is the answer there, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can anticipate their reactions. You know what things to push on and what things not to. You know who never to put in front of them and who always to put in front of them, right? And then the same thing goes on the other side of the team where if you know that there's someone who literally on the creative team cannot get in the sandbox, to use another analogy, on this project, then you ask for them to be off the project for the sake of them and you and the client. And so it is that orchestration that I think becomes so hugely important. And then the perspective piece too. I mean, I use that expression all the time. We're not saving lives. And it is one of those things that I'm so glad someone said to me early on because every time things started to fall apart and every time I was in the role of client service and having to try to put it all back together, when I could come back to that and take a deep breath and calm down, yeah. we could get back into your point, that productive space of, okay, we're in the situation. No one's dying. So what are we going to do now and what's going to be the next step and the next step to step out of the situation and get us back on secure footing so that we can do our job to the best of the ability and get this client to back off <laughs> and let us do the job we've been hired to do. Well, and I will just say that if your client is really all up in it, there's usually a big, huge reason why that needs to be discovered. So I would say we've tried everything. I'm I'm pretty sure if they're still all up in it, not everything has been tried yeah. to the point that it's diagnosing the why. And I'll tell you a few reasons why I was all up in it. One, I mean, it's, and it's not always for a bad reason. You, you brought up the point earlier that it was like, we just like the creative process. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's just the fact that we have something that we feel like we can offer. So here's my suggestion there. Agency is like, let your client offer that find a form or find like some way that they can offer that so that it's constructive to your process and not really distracting you from your process but you better let them give what they feel like that they have to offer there i mean other reasons have been on the other side which is like missed deliverables if we felt like again you're off scope or you're missing deliverables or the timing is like starting to get really delayed, then yes, you want to be all up in it. You're like, what is going on on that side that we're not getting the work that we asked for and the time frame that we asked for it, right? So that is another big why. And so I think you need to really kind of diagnose those things and you know, make sure you guys are staying on the same page on a regular basis. Because I know too, when my agency used to go a little MIA, I'd be like, um, now I'm going to be in it. Or if you have a big presentation or a big piece of creative and it's going to a big higher up that the person your client wants to look really good for that's another reason why they're all up in it so try not to get too um frustrated with your client until you actually find out the why now if they're continued perpetuating this like <laughs> thing that you know they're just to call total call, uh, distraction to the process then you know that's where the the feedback system needs to happen but uh, I would say make sure you diagnose it first. And there's usually a gazillion ways to solve for it. All right. Well, that brings us home to our third and final segment. When we don't have a guest, it's a brand that's doing things well or not so well based on our perspective in their space, in the marketing space. But when we have a guest, we turn it over to them to wrap things up. So, Chris, I would say make any last remarks put a bow around our conversation today we had plenty of different angles and different analogies and different discussion points um, and also let people know where to find you if you want them to find you yeah i mean first and foremost i want to thank you guys for the opportunity to join today it's been a lot of fun it's always 
an enjoyable conversation with you guys and it's always degrees of enlightening and entertaining and sometimes it's like <laughs> tens on both yeah, uh, that's hard to right. come by that's right i think just to wrap it up we have talked a lot about good client service and like the difference that it can make it doesn't look the way that it used to client service in my mind there's there's far less gatekeeping at this point in it but it really can be something that makes or breaks the relationship the business growth subsequent like organic growth with clients and i often come back to i, I jotted it down just earlier today and circled it when i came back to it i ted lasso is something that stands out to me in this one um doing the right thing is never the wrong thing it's possible to do that for your clients and your teams at the same time and to do this role really well you figure out how to do that I think that that That's is great. amazing. Um, and we will close on that, except you have to tell people where to find you unless you just opted out of that. So, uh, Yeah, you can find me, um, like I mentioned, at Barefoot in Cincinnati, um, directing client partnership there with a team. You can also find me um, on LinkedIn, Chris Wallen. And um, I look forward to connecting with everyone a little bit more. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so just to recap, four roles client service should play in serving business. One, keeping the client in the room at all times. The client service team represents the client when they are not present and ensures they have a voice when the agency is working internally. Number two, challenging the client's beliefs and perspective. Respectfully, of course, that respectful debate that we talk about, but this allows the agency to bring what they do best to the table to meet the client expertise and their depth of knowledge on their business. Number three, having a clear understanding of the business and its goals. The client is the expert in their business, but that does not excuse the client service team from having a strong understanding to inform the work and recommendations. And finally, number four, seeking opportunities to make the business stronger. The client service team should be able to make relevant recommendations on ways to creatively improve the business and bring new thinking to the table. And with that, we will say, go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.